Hey everybody, no call this week, but we did get an email from Samuel asking, do you consider The Silence of the Lambs a horror film? I've had this discussion with other horror fans and some think it's a horror movie. Personally, I don't consider it horror, but more of a psychological thriller. What do you guys say on the matter? This is a good question. I've actually had similar conversations, not just about movies, but certain books. And uh, I, But I'm going to wait. Uh, Megan, what do you think? I think that I tend to lump it into horror. I think that psychological thriller and thrillers in general, there is a very fine line between thrillers and horror. Um, there are definitely certain stretches of the movie that plays straight out horror, like the entire climax with the um, night vision goggles. That's horror to me. Um, and so is the very concept of, you know, a cannibal and that whole sequence of him escaping is very horror. Probably as a whole, I do tend to lean more to psychological horror, but I also grew up wanting to call everything horror that I possibly could, even <laughs> if it was fantasy. Like, I think there was some RoboCop scenes where I was a child being like, that's a monster oh. movie to me. <laughs> um, and it's also an Oscar winner, so of course I'm going to claim it as horror for that reason, because we don't get enough award a love as it is. So I'm, I guess this is a very long-winded way of saying that I'm for labeling it however you see fit, really. If you want to call it psychological thriller or you want to call it horror, that's fine. You complete a case for both. That. So I consider this one a horror. I just feel like it has other uh, subgenres within it. So it's also like a psychological thriller. It's also a crime movie thriller thingy, you know? And um, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of people feel like when it comes to horror movies, it can only be one thing and that's it. You know what yeah. I mean? And I feel like we've seen cross genres, cross subgenres for the longest time, like with uh, Jaws, Aliens, uh, The Thing, Get Out. Like, you know, there's just, there's so many. So just yeah. the fact that we're still having the same conversation, um, it's just odd. But like Megan said, whatever you consider it is what you consider it. But that's just what I think. Yeah, it's all about your definition of what horror is. Because some people, if it's not supernatural, it's not horror. Right. You know, if there's not something fantastical about it, it's not horror. Uh, but along the same lines, you could argue that, like, well, then it's Halloween horror which yes mm -hmm. it is but it's also like if you look at uh, silence of the lambs like it's a police procedural which right. it is uh, right. as a genre you arguably primarily as a police procedural but the horrific aspects within that go so far beyond anything that we'd really ever seen on film before like especially in a mainstream hollywood movie Mm -hmm. So I totally could see it being called horror, and conversely, I could totally see some psychological thriller. It's it's a cop movie, whatever. Yeah. Um. Now Hannibal the TV show, I would call horror. Yeah. Because there is some horrific stuff in that show that goes way beyond Silence of the Lambs. But I had this uh, conversation with somebody about Head Full of Ghosts too, if they considered it a horror novel. Now, yeah. people who haven't read Paul Tremblay's Head Full of Ghosts, now, just by the title, you would think, yeah, and it's marketed largely as a horror novel. However, read Head Full of Ghosts and then ask yourself, because it's, it's more complicated than, to me, 
personally, than a straightforward horror novel. What I've read it, and I say it's horror. I'm my kind of <laughs> thought process here is like the easier way to look at it is what is the creator, filmmaker, author, whatever you know, mm. going for. Are they trying to scare you? Are they trying? What are they trying to accomplish? And you cannot tell mm-hmm. me that Paul Tremblay was not trying to scare you. <laughs> how that story shakes out, like narrative and intent are two different things to me. And side note, I'm finally digging back into my best friend's exorcism. I think I'm going to finish it by next week. Oh, wow. Okay. I'll talk about it then. Okay. (laughs) I got reinvigorated uh, talking about Grady Hendrix over the weekend, so I needed to uh, dig back into that. Woohoo. So, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist, Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Hello. You know her from her YouTube channel and website, Real Queen of Horror, and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. Hi. Hi. And I'm John. <laughs> That's so sweet. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope that your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not... We're going to do our quick round the table for all the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe all the things that will make you smile, too. So, Zeno, what's been filling your heart this week? Okay, wait. Can I just take a step back just real quick? Just going back to our question. I know. I promise. I'll keep yeah, it short. No. Okay, I, I drank some Snapple because I have a headache, and I just wanted to get sugary oh. up for our episode. <laughs> oh, so, let's um, go. Yeah. You know. Rewind to... sound effect. <laughs> so, I used to... <laughs> I used to hate having the conversation when when people would say like, well, how would you define a horror? Um, Only because of myself, because I know that I used to I was ready to fight, you know, because I heard this this one woman like when I used to live in um, this apartment complex. I'm so glad that I moved. But when I used to live there, she said to me that she she said that Stephen King's it the book that it's an intense drama. And it's not a horror. I'm like, girl, but this is about a killer clown that was literally eating children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, and so, and then she tried to go into this long thing about how, well, I didn't find it scary. It's not scary. But it's just kind of like, all right. That doesn't like, mean, yeah. It doesn't mean anything. And it's, it's so exhausting. And so when I would hate having the conversation because I get so passionate about it. Aww, and then people yeah. think that I'm going to like slap them. And I might. But the you thing might, is, yeah. We'll hold you back. <laughs> Thank you so much. You or provide an alibi, you know, one of the we others. We got your back. Oh, my God. You guys are so great. But the thing is, <laughs> honestly, like, okay, I remember when I was in high school, Napoleon Dynamite came out. And I have to be honest with you. Everybody thought that movie was funny. I didn't think it was funny. I didn't yeah. smile. I didn't laugh. Not once. Does that I, mean... I couldn't even get through the first 10 minutes. My so I'm th- right there with you. <laughs> Thank you. So it's like, my thing is, that doesn't mean that it's not a comedy. Do you get what I'm right. saying? Right. Right. So, it's subjective. And, and right. And so it's, it's just so exhausting. And then, oh my God, stay off Reddit too. If you ever look this question up on Reddit, oh my, you will lose your mind. Okay. Don't be like me and do that. But, you know, I was going to go into this whole thing and stuff like that. But you know what? I think that this can be an exclusive. We should probably have a special episode for this because, yeah, I can go in, but I'll just leave it at that. Write it down before we forget. (laughs) Save it for Patreon. (laughs) Yes. I think, seriously, I think that that could be a good time. But okay. Patreon.com slash be disgusting pod. How are you? What's happening? All right, so I'm going to talk about what I watched this past week. <laughs> I had sounds... such a crazy week. It was so insane. So uh, the first thing I checked out, Blood Red Sky, from 2021 on Netflix. Um, Megan spoke about this um, a couple of weeks ago, early July, actually. God, can you believe July is, like, almost over? My God. Yeah, it's, it's stupid. What's happening? So 
When a group of terrorists hijacks an overnight transatlantic flight, a mysteriously ill woman must unleash a monstrous secret to protect her young son. And I just feel like this is just such an awesome action horror that's filled with like intensity and blood and thrill. I mean, there's a lot of blood in it, like wowzers. Um, but yeah, this was like the perfect movie for me that I ended my week with because again, it was just like a long week. But this one had me literally at the edge of my seat. No, I really Yay. was. Like, literally. Oh, I love this. <laughs> yeah. And um, I recommend, like, say if you haven't seen this one, skip the trailer and watch it with the subtitles. That's, do, do the subtitles. I just feel like it, it's a better time that way. Also, um, yeah, I love the way the monsters look. It kind of reminded me of the late 90s. And it also had, like, the, the way that they were, like, moving and stuff was very, like, slow motion really cool stuff okay if you like from like dust till dawn uh snakes on a plane and or train to busan you may enjoy this one like it gave me that vibe it, it, it's very emotional it's very bloody you have a connection like to the characters you care about them and i just love when megan nods at me because it makes me feel like, like yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you go yeah. you got this <laughs> and then also just the last thing um there's this one this is not really a spoiler but there's this one line that had me screaming i don't think it was supposed to be funny but this guy <laughs> was just outraged like he wasn't outraged by like the monsters or the blood or the bodies piling up he was outraged and he was just like she doesn't have leukemia and then that was it it was just like Okay, then the next thing I checked out, Demonoid, a.k.a. Demonoid Messenger of Death from 1981 on Amazon. Spouses looking for silver in Mexico find a 300-year-old severe hand driven by a demon. All right. <laughs> so there's actually no demon in this movie, but there is like this wild hand on the loose that's like killing people. It's like ripping off faces and smashing skulls. It can fly. That's amazing. All right. I'm sorry. Yeah, but it's like it's kind of like the evil version of the thing from the Adams family. You know? <laughs> so, but no, literally, um, this this was this movie was pretty funny. I don't think it was supposed to be funny, but it put me in a great mood. Um, it, it's, it has like a pretty unique concept, like this hand can possess you and stuff. And then in order to like get free, you have to like chop your hand off and anything goes in this movie, anything. I just told you that the hand is like, it's, it could fly, you know, and for, apparently it might even have eyeballs because it was like watching this couple through a window. Like it was like moving when it was watching. And I'm like, wait, where, <laughs> where are the eyes? <laughs> you know, um, but no, it, it's a it's a it's a pretty odd movie. And then there are some moments where it's just like it, it may make you be like, what? But it's still a good time. And then even when it comes to the to the couple, uh, the husband, he's he's pretty terrible. It's like he has no type of feelings. Like, I don't even know why they're married. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I've never been to Mexico and I don't know what this has to do with anything, but I guess just because it takes place in Mexico that this movie just makes me never want to go because I might find a hand like the You might find demonoid. a hand. <laughs> yeah, possessed <laughs> demonoid hand. So, but honestly, if you're looking for a cheat, it's not really cheesy because it, it was trying to be like serious. I just laughed because like I said, that hand was, it was just showing up everywhere. Some, the hand it didn't had have a personality, car. huh? 
It did. Like, I mean, this is a 300-year-old hand that has so much energy, you know? It's crazy. <laughs> but if you want, like, an outrageous 80s movie, you know, please look no further. Check this one out. I remember it was, it used to be on Tubi for a long time, and it was it was on my watch list, but then it disappeared, and now it's on Amazon. So that's Wonderful. what I watched. Yay. I watched The Green Knight which is out in theaters on Friday. Uh, it is a fantasy retelling of the medieval poem, uh, Sir Gawain and the Green Knight the, by Anonymous. Um, director David Lowry. It is probably, well, I'm not, there's no probably about it. It's, it's a challenging film that will not be for everybody. I watched this thinking a lot about The Witch not because they're similar plot-wise, um, just because it's so very immersive in period setting. Um, it is a dark fantasy. It is kind of reminiscent of like the early 80s fantasy epics like Excalibur, but it's very, very immersive. Music, style, um, it's just this sprawling epic, uh, very kind of eerie atmosphere, very challenging anyway because it's so dense thematically um pacing will probably be an issue for people like the witch but i was head over heels i was ready to watch it again immediately um how long is it it's two hours and 10 minutes i think so okay. it's over two hours that it, it it's not, you know, despite the plot and despite all of the things that happens. I mean, there's ghosts, there's giants, there's a fox that accompanies him. I, you know, there's it, it, there's a lot that happens. But at the same time, it's a very introspective, uh, almost existential type journey. So it's not as action based as you would think, which means that for for a lot of people that that pace will be that two hour runtime will be felt but um i personally adored it. it is not what i expected and it is very surreal and weird and i love that um and then for a upcoming guest podcast prep i watch see no evil it is uh i rented it on amazon it is a 1971 movie starring mia farrow uh, as she stars as a young recently blind woman she had a horse accident that left her blind um and she goes to stay with family and uh while she's out for the day with her fiance or ex-fiance um somebody comes in the house and kills her family and so it's like this blind woman unaware that she's being stalked with you know her dead family like it's it's crazy um it's I didn't. It's it's a thriller. It's not that sad. Um, okay, it sounded made it sound sad. Yeah, it's like... it's very sad. Well, I mean, it's it's one. I enjoy it, but it's not. I I highly recommend watching like Wait Until Dark instead, like the Audrey Hepburn nineteen sixty seven movie. But you don't mm-hmm. really get to know the family. You know, shows yeah. up, and they're kind of fodder. It's really a suspense movie. Like watching her you know, sneak around or, or move around unaware that she's in danger for a lot of it. You know, she, there's one scene where she's making coffee and there's broken glass on the floor and she comes super close to stepping on it, but doesn't. And so there's a lot of like suspense, you know, she goes to start a shower unaware that there's a corpse in the bathtub and then she gets pulled away right before discovering it. So, um, Mia Farrow is really good, except, 
as a blind woman. She's very endearing. You root for her, but she is not selling to me that she's blind. She even looks yeah. at a character at one point. And so, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a mixed bag. The suspense stuff is really well done and really fun, but yeah, it's not the best. Watch Wait Until Dark is Dead or, you know, watch this because it is it is interesting. Cool. So, yeah. Nice. I started out the week watching 1973's Messiah of Evil on Shudder, Megan's pick. A young woman goes searching for her missing artist father. Her journey takes her to a strange Californian seaside town governed by a mysterious undead cult. All right, Megan, why this one? Two reasons. It is one of the most gorgeously creepy movies. It's uh, super haunting, but super pretty. And the other is that you often talk about not needing to be handheld with your, your stories. And this is definitely that. This, uh, you're, I agree with all the things you said. Uh, it is a very beautiful movie. It's very, it's very 70s. When you watch it, you're like, oh, this is very much a 70s movie. Like, there's no mistake in when this was made. But it's so different from so many other horror movies that I've seen set in the 70s because it's so, like, sad and serious. I mean, th- there's... The undead scenes are arguably like the tension breakers because it's like, oh, okay, we got undead now. But like it's like this woman's quest and like the darkness that she's dealing with and like her father's diary and everything else. It it really is a very beautiful movie. Um, It made me wonder, have either of you read the Chuck Palahniuk book Diary? No, I have not. It made me wonder if that inspired or if this inspired that. Because there are parallels in that that I saw. Uh, like, it's an artist community, except it's on the East Coast. And it's about this diary of this woman's husband. And and, and anyway, if you it's want like... to read it, go check it out. But uh, very good movie. The only weird thing I found out about it, it, took, it felt like it took me a really long time to finish it. Now, granted, I was watching it while I was working. Yeah. So that's part of it. It doesn't help. It, it does feel like a slow movie. It like is. it doesn't feel it's only like 90 some minutes long but it does feel longer but i think that's because it's it's atmosphere over story i think yeah i it's, would say atmospheric didn't feel like the right word but i agree like there it's it's the feel of it more than anything else and like the even like the conversational scenes are so paced like talking with the 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 the, the uh, guy from portugal and like the women that he's with it's just so paced and almost blasé like as they're talking about things um but kind of fascinating at the same time i really liked it i did not know what to expect at all from this one and it definitely delivered for sure it's like even up to the end i was like oh okay didn't see that coming yeah i i love this one and i'm so glad it's like more accessible i think it was kind of more of a obscure gem for a while um Mm -hmm. and to me it's like a precursor to dead and buried if you like that same kind Mm -hmm. of you know, moody seaside, something serious wrong with the the townies here. Yeah, I recommend on this one, especially if people have Shutter in the U.S. I'm sorry, I don't know if we're streaming outside the U.S., but I recommend checking it out, especially if you want to get in some more '70s horror that's like really high caliber. Or if you and like, then, um, oh, oh sorry, I, was, I was gonna say, or if you like H.P. Uh, Lovecraft, it felt kind of yeah. Lovecrafty. Yeah, there was some Lovecraftian elements to it, especially like the her husband or her father's diary. Yeah, like just some of those elements of um, 
his descriptions of what was happening to him and like the sort of madness that was going on is yeah, no, good call. And I followed it up with 2019's The Furies on Shudder, Xena's pick. A woman is kidnapped and finds herself an unwitting participant in a deadly game where women are hunted by masked men. The polar opposite of watching Messiah of Evil right before it. So Xena, why this one? Um, Because it was one of my favorite movies from 2019. And um, I feel like it's pretty straightforward. It's uh, It has really great practical effects. It's very bloody. And um, I feel like if you like slashers or gore, you may enjoy this one. This one was interesting because it wasn't really hand-holding either. Because they don't really explain to you what the hell is going on. You kind of get it. Yeah. And they, the characters kind of piece it together. Even though the leaps in logic are pretty big for me. I am ama- I would not have come to the same conclusions if I was in that situation. Like how they figured the connection between stuff. I'm like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I probably I would didn't have get never that even at made all. it. <laughs> and yeah, it is, it, it is a nice twist on like the bloody slasher stalker concept and it has i actually did laugh out loud at one point and i'm not going to ruin it but there's a point where one of the one of the characters yells at another one of the characters come on and the other character runs away and i laughed (laughs) so hard like just that all of a sudden that moment of i'm not doing this (laughs) and they just peace out it's like you get it it was it was so funny and at the same time just full of deplorable people Mm-hmm. <laughs> like there is no solidarity happening in this movie. Even the moment of solidarity that you think's going to happen towards the end that doesn't happen only happens after the lack of solidarity, lack of solidarity at the beginning. Like there's a lot of tension going on between all the characters <laughs> for different reasons. Uh but I I did enjoy it. It was a fun watch for sure. Yay! Um and a lot of it too also helps because I just I didn't know what the hell was going on. It's mm-hmm. just kind of like, all right, I'm just gonna watch and figure this out eventually. Yeah. Sometimes that helps too. I agree. I think that's why I liked it so much because I didn't really hear anything about it. I don't think I checked out a trailer. I, it just popped up on Shutter one day, and I watched mm. it blindly, and I just thought it was fun. Just you know, sometimes you just need that blood, <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> that straightforward stuff like pure chaos. And if you figure it out, you figure it out. And if you don't. At least you had fun watching. Well, it reminds me that I need to get into more Australian horror movies. I was just watching that Quite Hollywood uh, a couple weeks ago. I think it popped up again on Amazon or Tubi. And I really love that documentary about the Australian horror um, boom back in like the, the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Uh, yeah, I definitely need to check out more Australian horror. On that note, what am I watching next week? Xena, you're up first if you're ready. Okay, have you, and I think I asked you this before, but I'm going to ask you again. Have you seen Evidence from 2013? Which one? See, there's two Evidence. I know, and there's one that's really not good. Oh, my God. What if I'm giving you that one? (laughs) The one you're giving giving him is the one that's got that guy from True Blood, right? Yes. Uh, Is it with Rada Mitchell? Yes. Okay, I started watching this one. I haven't seen the whole thing. So this comes. Okay. So, so no, I haven't seen this. Yes, I will watch okay. Evidence. I think I started watching it thinking it was found... Because does it kind of start found footage-y? Um, I think it started as, as a like a regular... Like the intro is kind of found footage-y. It's kind of like some weird stuff sliced together. But yep. it's a mixture. That's, yep, I started watching this, but I've, I only got like five minutes into it. So yes, this okay. works. It's on two. And we're, 
It's on two. Perfect. Thank you. And Megan. Have you seen The Burrowers? I haven't. No, that's one of those that always pops up on my streamings. Well, there you go. I want to watch that one, too. (laughs) Well, you can. You you can. can. (laughs) Uh, What's this one playing on? Uh, Tubi. Tubi. All right. Back to Tubi I go. Tubi, Tubi. Before we move on, and I already forgot this, what are we watching? How do we watch it? I watched Blood Red Sky on Netflix, Demonoid, a.k.a. Demonoid, Messenger of Death on Amazon. I watched uh, The Green Knight, which is in theaters on Friday, and See No Evil, which I rented on Amazon, so VOD. And I watched Messiah of Evil on Shudder and The Furies on Shudder. All right, enough of what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan to bring us up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. So what's going on, Megan? Jordan Peele teased his new horror movie, Nope, with an official poster. He, he took to That's Twitter. such a great title. It so is. <laughs> uh, yep. In the wake of Get Out and Us comes Nope, the third <laughs> horror movie from writer-director Jordan Peele that has been officially announced with the first piece of poster art, which is just, I mean, it, it's very vague. It's an ominous cloud with a string full of flags hovering over a small town it looks like a very kind of stormy but peaceful night i don't it's it's an interesting image um mm-hmm. daniel kalua who is also in get out will be reteaming with peel on the mysterious movie with the cast that includes steven yun who is in the walking dead or mayhem and kiki palmer um michael wincott who was the bad guy in the crow barbie ferreira and brandon mm-hmm. perea also star Universal set the release date for July 22, 2022, but plot details are a complete mystery right now. Uh, Peel wrote the film. He will direct. He's also producing for Monkey Paw Productions. Obviously, we are unanimous with for being in for whatever he wants to throw at us, but did you see the poster? Do you have any kind of theory of what that imagery might mean? At first, I thought it was a kite. I assume it's a kite string. So it made it feel like, so is the cloud someone's kite? Like they control (laughs) the cloud? I don't know. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. I'm wondering if it's something to do with aliens. Aliens in that small town. It's in the middle of nowhere. It looks creepy. You know, aliens would definitely make me nope. Or somehow a follow up to get out. Oh, yeah. But I also we... like the way it flows with his other titles. You know, yeah. Like, Get out, us. Nope. It's like, whoa. You know? And I don't he... think I've seen Michael Wincott in a movie since Alien Resurrection. So that's awesome. I'm going to have to, we're going to have to Google that. But yeah, I don't think I've seen him, but I bet he's, he's probably done stuff, right? But I'm, I'm sure excited. He has. I'm excited. Uh, yeah, his naming scheme, like Zeta said, right? Very short, succinct, but intriguing. Yep. Uh, Dead Space, the game, is getting resurrected. Dead Space is back, announced during EA Play Live 2021 event. Dead Space is in development at EA's Motive Studios. Uh, EA is definitely keeping details close to the vest for now, but it is a remake of the 2008 original using the Frostbite engine. It will feature an improved story, characters, gameplay mechanics, and more. 
the Dead Space franchise made a huge impact on survival horror when it was released 12 years ago and came to motive as a fan first. And I came to motive as a fan first specifically to work on this game, said uh, Philippe Ducharme, senior producer of Dead Space. We have a passionate team at Motive who are approaching this remake as a love letter to the franchise. Going back to the original and having the opportunity to do so on next-gen consoles has excited everyone on the team. As we look to modernize the game, we've reached out to dedicated fans and invited them to provide us with feedback since the early stages of production to deliver the Dead Space game they want and for new players to enjoy it as well. The game is currently slated uh, for PlayStation 5, Xbox Series, and PC, but no release date set yet. Um, EA closed Visceral Games. That was the studio behind the original game a few years ago, which means that fans were understandably concerned and perplexed. But the good news is that the developer enlisted the help of former UX director at Visceral, Dino Ignacio, to guide the team on the remake. Um, and he said that they have been amazingly respectful of the original and... Uh, you know, and the franchise tropes while finding new ways to innovate and surprise. Now, going back to what um, the developer was saying about seeking fans to give feedback, I would like to note that uh, one of those is Prince Jackson, one of the co-hosts from Bloody Disgusting awesome. Network podcast, Nightlight. He's serving as a consultant for the game. Um, he he awesome. told... I actually wanted a sign soundbite. I knew he wouldn't give me any details on the game itself, but he did say that it's called the, the players council. Uh, we pretty much give feedback on aspects of the game to make it a better, a bake, make it better for all aspects of the community. Mostly everyone is for the gaming community, but I was brought on specifically for the horror community. So he is definitely approaching wow. this um, strictly from, from a horror standpoint. So, you know, Bonus, this is great news for me because I absolutely adore Dead Space. It's like probably the most uh, nerve-wracking games I've ever played. That and Fatal Frame for me are the scariest games I've ever played. Um, this is like the thing dialed up to 11 and it gets pretty gnarly, at least the original games did. Um, but yeah, and it's also exciting because it's got bloody disgusting ties. So, uh, you know, Prince is kicking butt and I'm proud. But yeah, uh, did do either of you have any remote experience with Dead Space, or is it even an intriguing idea for you? I haven't played this one, and I know, like, how? I don't know, but I haven't played it. So I, yeah, okay, that's all I was gonna say. I was gonna go into no, the you... whole rabbit hole. Go to no, go to that rabbit hole. <laughs> because I remember around this time, like, I've been kind of uh, off and on when it comes to some some games and stuff. Yeah, so around the time that the original came out. I don't think I was really playing that much. So, yeah. Understandable. I played the demo for the first one, I think, when I had an Xbox, and I didn't like it at all. <gasps> what? Because I'm not good at video games, oh. and the aliens don't die super easy. No. So I think I used all my ammo without killing the first one. I'm like, this game's dumb. Give me Gears of War. <laughs> yeah. Survival horror is not about making it easy for you to survive. <laughs> That's yeah, kind of I'm point. not good enough at video games to be patient. Yeah. So, and I don't play them enough, but it is terrifying. I actually spent time watching, for a little while, I got really into watching, um, uh, like, video game walkthroughs, mm -hmm. which I guess is probably just before Twitch was a thing. Yeah. But I only liked kind of watching, like, the cutscenes because the cinematics started getting so cool. Like, it was kind of like watching a movie. 
And I did watch quite a bit of Dead Space just because it was super cool. And I think I watched one of the animated movies, oh, too, okay. uh, when it was on Netflix. Um, I mean, it's a terrifying game. Yes. And I personally would still love to see John Carpenter rema- or, uh, adapt the movie because that would be amazing. Yeah, I'm surprised nobody has. I'm, I'm guessing the sheer scope it's of creature so effects hard. that would be yeah. evolved. Like, if the Void people want to do a Dead Space movie, I would be down for that. Um, but it would have to be so, like, uh, reduced. They would have they would have the budget for, like, three aliens. <laughs> the, who, the Void people or just in general? Just, like, anybody. I mean, like, the... I mean, Otherwise, it'd be all CGI, and CGI would ruin it. It'd be so amazing as a practical movie, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a really good. So I'm very excited. If you have never played the game, that's okay, because a reboot's on the way. <laughs> um, and we are going to have a super-packed October. I am pretty positive that this year is compensating for last year, and it's going <laughs> to be super Halloween, which I'm okay with. Uh, new Shutter original anthology series Horror Noir is coming this October. They are expanding upon the, their critically acclaimed 2019 documentary Horror Noir: A History of Black Horror with an original anthology series that will showcase stories of black horror from black directors and screenwriters. The upcoming series released a conceptual teaser during its Comic Con at Home panel, um, and that panel also announced a premiere date of October 14th on Shutter. Uh, Horror Noir features new work from both established and emerging talents, showcasing stories of black horror from um, directors and filmmakers and creatives. And it includes stories from the writer. Uh, it includes stories from writers Tan- Tananarive Dew and Stephen Barnes, illustrator and graphic novelist Ezra C. Daniels, um, Victor uh, novelist Victor Laval. Producer Chanel Will Edwards, she did. She produced uh, the Sleepy Hollow TV series, and Emmy winner yes. Al Letson. Um, Shutter General Man- Manager, uh, excuse me, Shutter Gen- General Manager Craig Angler said, "When we saw the first cut of our horror noir documentary, we realized there's a huge untapped reservoir of." great black horror stories that needed to be told and an extremely talented group of writers and directors ready to tell them while the documentary was looked back at the history of black horror this anthology is a showcase for the future and will introduce audiences to fantastic new stories and characters um and the conceptual teach it's really like a teaser and it's animated and it really just kind of highlights the stories of what to expect um which runs the gamut from vampires to demons to I think like satanic deals and it's it's mm-hmm. I'm very intrigued and excited and I love that concept of well we did a documentary talking about the past let's help usher a new wave of future filmmakers um so yeah did did you look at the teaser at all or how do you feel about an anthology series a new anthology series um, I did see the teaser. I thought, like you, I thought that the teaser looked so cool. Whoever did those graphics, you know, You're right? Because it looks amazing. But, you know, I'm excited that there's going to be new voices, you know, that we're going to see new original stories. Um, because, you know, as always in the land of Twitter or even beyond, people are upset about remakes and other things. Yeah. So this Here's is original. Not, right. This is original. So. October 14th, you need yes. to put that on your calendar and watch yes. it and enjoy it. 
Yeah, and enjoy. Yes. Um, yeah, totally agree. I feel like this is the sort of thing where I maybe they'll all be great. Maybe they'll all be outstanding stories. But I, I kind of feel like I predict there's going to be like one or two that like really stand out. Yeah. And yeah. those are going to be some new voices in horror that all of a sudden studios are going to be like, okay, now go. Because you've got something else. Let's get like more content. And it won't right. be a reboot. So it's a chance for more original content. Now the reboots can be bad. But it's one, it's a combination of new content and new ideas. That's cool. But also just giving new opportunities for new voices in horror. Like absolutely. there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I did start off with, by saying that October is going to be packed. And if you want... Um, to go check out Bloody Disgusting for all the Comic-Con coverage. I know what you did last summer is coming in October, the TV series. Um, pretty sure Chucky is as well, and they dropped yeah. a, t- a trailer for that um, at Comic-Con. Uh, the season three of Creep Show starts just before October, so like the tail end of September. So there's a lot coming, and if you want more details, I mean, we talked about a lot of that. That's why I wanted to to touch on the original series that I'm excited for. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff coming our way, so if you want, go to Bloody Disgusting and read up on the Comic-Con coverage. Um, And then this one, uh, Comic-Con, a comic series, not Comic-Con, a comic series is going to pick up where Netflix's uh, Chilling Adventures of Sabrina left off. Chilling Adventures of Sabrina came to an end after 36 episodes late last year, but creator Roberto Aguirre Sacasa is continuing the storyline in comic book form. The Occult World of Sabrina is what it's going to be called. It's going to pick up where Kina Shipkin, Kiernan Shipka's starring Netflix series left off, and it'll be its own comic series separate from the original comic series uh, the Netflix show was based on. So... There was a comic that he created called The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Then it turned into a Netflix series, which was not very similar at all to the comic book. And he kind of left that comic book series by the wayside, much to my annoyance. But that's also coming back in October. So there will be two, essentially, uh, Sabrina comic book series that he will be involved with. Um, Aguirre Sakasa explained, When I got word we weren't doing any additional parts or seasons, we had already suspected four would be the last part. So we really wanted to go out with a bang. On the other hand, we didn't know definitely, um, so we did end on a cliffhanger. I finished editing the finale at the beginning of the pandemic and pitched a possible part five to Netflix, which would have produced Archie, Betty, Veronica, and Jughead, and all the Riverdale characters as witches. And there would have been a witch war between the witches of Greendale versus the witches and warlocks in Riverdale. Uh, Netflix was excited about that idea, but due to the pandemic, it didn't feel possible. Um, He teased the upcoming comic series uh, will basically pick up exactly where the Netflix series ended. I specifically cut out anything that would be spoilers for those who have mm-hmm. not caught up. Uh, caught up. I know, Zena, you were, are you caught up? Because this was one that you watched, right? I yeah, I, I watched it, but no, I didn't watch the. Because wasn't there like two movies, two endings, or two separate movie lengths that they had? Well, I don't think that I finished it. You know, and it's not on purpose. You know, you know how right. it is. There's so many shows. You get so, overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah, you get stressed out. But I mean. Uh, it it kind of sucks that it just ended like that and we didn't get like a proper wrap up, you know, but at least, I mean, show wise, but at least now there's going to be like a comic and maybe this will actually change the mind, you know, change their minds all over at Netflix, depending on how it does. 
Yeah. Is it weird when when things change medium? You know, you go from a comic to a series, Mm -hmm. which is fine because you don't have to read the comic. But then if you want to continue the story, you have to go back to a comic. And that's, I think, a more jarring transition. I I agree with you. Um, I don't mind so much. You just kind of just have to get used to it. Yeah. But I know for sure that there's going to be a lot of people, they're not going to want to read it, unfortunately. So it's, it's like two so, canons in a way, right? Yeah. So yeah, there you go. And I have nothing to provide to this conversation. <laughs> All right, listeners, excited for more Dead Space. Looking forward to whatever madness Jordan Peele is going to throw your way and you're just going to be happy and want more and then speculate about what the next one's going to be and then wait for more and speculate what the next one's going to be. Just like me, let's hear about it. The number is 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes. Or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast.gmail.com. Finally, Zine is going to make all our lives easier and a sea of horror movie options. And clue us in on what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So, Zena, what should we be watching? So on Tuesday, July 27th, A Quiet Place Part 2 will be available on DVD. So just in case if you love the movie or if you haven't seen it and you want to own it, you can now own it. Yeah. And then on Thursday, July 29th, The Boy Behind the Door will be available on Shudder. Bobby tries to save himself and his best friend when they are kidnapped on their way home from school. Then on Friday, we actually have two movies coming our way. Friday the 30th, The Green Knight. It's hitting theaters. Megan just told us how much she loved it. She gave it a perfect score. Five out of five. I did. I did. Whoa. Yeah. Go to the theaters if you want. Okay. (laughs) Safely. Then Then we also have Masquerade. It will be available on VOD. A young girl struggles to survive after a group of home invaders break into her house to steal her family's priceless work. And then just in case if you missed it, last week, uh, Jacob's wife, it's available on DVD. Bodies start to pile up when a woman discovers a new sense of power and an appetite to live bigger and bolder than ever. Then we also have the French horror Candisha on Shudder. It's very bloody and it's definitely not for someone with a weak heart or just thinking, I just want to relax. You won't be able to relax <laughs> in this movie. And then last, we also have Blood Red Sky. It's on Netflix. If you are in need of a bloody action horror in your life, you may want to check this one out. And last, of course, Bloody Disgusting TV, always available for you because we love you. Yeah. Also now available at bloodydisgusting.tv on on the webs. On the webs. That's what kids are calling it now. Where are they? I don't know. That's Bloody Disgusting (laughs) Podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at hauntedmeg. Zena can be found on her own site, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at lovelyzena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, on Facebook at The Bloody Disgusting Podcast, or email us at BeDisgustingPodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards that we're recording after this, check us out on patreon.com slash BeDisgustingPod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Mm-hmm.